The following presentation of Old Lang Gone, The Lost Carmen San Diego, is brought to you by buzzerblog.com. For the latest news and reviews, visit Buzzerblog, the number one game show website in the world. I do recall an episode where Kyle tripped and fell during the bonus round, but was perfectly fine. Hopefully I'm not the only one who remembers this. I can't help but think that I am I'll be more than happy to be correct doing the map of the state. I have to agree with Jason. The episode sounds I never saw anyone even trip and I went to the page, and it's remarkably elaborate, but remarkably bad fan fiction. A lot of fans on the site were buying the game and hanging on every word. I'm interested to see those marks. I think you were saying that the diving shot of the last dance by a second or so. It was really close. The Part one. Gone, but not forgotten. I suspect there are more interesting topics than one unscheduled episode. Not being critical, but it's an odd area for focused energy, isn't it? I had been engaged in conversation with Howard J. Blumenthal via email for the better part of the afternoon. Mr. Blumenthal was the creator and producer of the PBS edutainment game show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? a program that I happen to be a huge fan of as a child, and still remember fondly today. Based on the computer game series by the same name, each episode of the TV version of Carmen featured three middle school-age contestants competing to answer geography-centric questions. I also said Bangladesh. Bangladesh, Garab. And I also said Bangladesh. Bangladesh, the answer we're looking for is Bangladesh. Nice job, everybody. In an effort to catch Carmen San Diego, who in each edition had sent one of her goons to steal an iconic landmark or cultural icon. When the Contessa focused her fancies on feline finery, conjuring up a case of catnip, in the episode Cheetahs Never Win, players tried to stop the Contessa from plundering the Cheetahs of Namibia. Fracture Top Grunge's evil plans. Bring back Lucy's bones and then capture Carmen San Diego. The season two episode I Lost Lucy concerned the kidnapping of Lucy, the three million year old hominid skeleton. Argentina, you gotta hurry it up. We'll never make it. Argentina. You got it, come on. The bonus round of each episode involved the winning gumshoe running around an oversized map of a continent and identifying cities and countries by placing large lighted markers in their proper spots on the map. The theme song was sung by an a cappella group. Everyone wore colorful jackets. It was the 90s. It was fun. That may be true, I responded to Mr. Blumenthal's message. But to many people who grew up watching and enjoying your show, there is considerable interest. The concept of a lost episode of a beloved series is no less fascinating than an unreleased recording by your favorite band or an unfinished novel by your favorite author. In any event, your point has been duly noted. Thanks all the same. Feeling slightly discouraged, I hit send. I had spent the previous week reaching out to sources around the country Multi-million dollar organizations were devoting their precious time to my inquiries. 
tape stock that hadn't been viewed in ages was being exhumed at my request. I had been researching, running, asking, writing, questioning, doubting. If the creator of the show didn't see the point, why should I? Why would anyone else? I was drained. But then I remembered the rumors, the whispers. Talk of the lost episode had persisted on more TV and game show message boards and online fan groups than I could count. The show's IMDB page recounts details of the episode that were just too precise, too on point to ignore. Every episode guide of the series includes this one, and almost always with an asterisk or some kind of mark indicating it's a special case. For over a decade, discussion of the episode's existence has crept through the fandom like a wisp of smoke. I truly, finally, perhaps even obsessively, wanted to know. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Thursday, August 13th. From JTEC Studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's America's favorite. Tom Bastick, Mike Jacobs, and I had just wrapped up recording the news segment for Tell Them What They've Won, a weekly game show podcast with which Buzzerblog began a creative partnership starting this past June. American reruns of Taskmaster have received a new lease on life after canceling yay! the imported uh, yay after canceling the every episode of the, the podcast begins with me providing a recap of the latest game show news as well as some impromptu commentary about the show Tom and Mike happened to be discussing that week after watching studying obsessing over game shows for the majority of my adult life i've come to develop an ability to extemporaneously drop a fun fact concerning just about any game show you throw at me if the topic were hollywood squares for instance i might mention how much i cherished my copy of the nintendo adaptation of the game joker if The Joker's Wild was the game of the week, I'd provide a hopefully fascinating description of just how the show's big magical slot machine worked. Sale of the Century? Did you know Jeff Edwards auditioned to be the host back in 82? He was great. And so on. All right, Christian, this week we're doing Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? What's your take? I trotted out the one crazy Carmen Sandiego fact I knew. The one fact I thought I knew. This might be creepy to me as a person who's interested in lost media and 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 lost episodes of things. I find it fascinating. There is one unaired episode of Where oh. in the World is Carmen Sandiego sitting in the PBS vault marked do not. So goes the legend of All Lang Gone, the unaired, unedited, unacknowledged season two episode of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Unaired because, among many other problems, a contestant fell on the floor-sized map of Europe and broke her arm during the bonus round, prompting the second-place contestant to be called from the bleachers to finish the game on behalf of the injured participant. Unedited because the chaos that occurred on that packed Manhattan soundstage in the wake of the accident apparently rendered the footage unsalvageable. Unacknowledged because the show was quickly scrapped and hidden in the PBS vault never to be broadcast. On October 12, 1992, the episode's intended air date, a rerun of the season two premiere was scheduled in its place. 
Rumors of the existence of Auld Lang Gone have persisted in various pockets of the internet for at least the past 10 years, but no footage has ever surfaced. And it, really? and it does exist, but it has not aired. That is the creepy Carmen Sandiego fact. Oh, I like wow. it. I like creepy, and I like Carmen Sandiego. It's all creepy, and it's wonderful. Satisfied with the input I provided to the show, we saved our audio and called it a night. Friday, August 14th. The next morning, I received a text from Tom. Dude, I need to figure this out. Attached was a screenshot of the trivia section of the IMDb page for Alt Lang Gone, which read in part, This episode, which never aired, was played with on-screen chaos. During the final round, the winning gumshoe, Jasmine Doman, slipped and broke her arm on the floor map of Europe. WQED-TV Pittsburgh stopped production for a moment until the runner-up, Ed Mann, completed the map round for her, with 13 seconds remaining. WQED-TV has declined to comment on whether they still have a tape of the episode. They confirmed taping the show, but not editing it. I opened another tab in my browser and searched for Carmen Sandiego Auld Langan. Among the results were tidbits of information that I had heretofore not heard. Host Greg Lee suffered from laryngitis on the day of taping, so Nickelodeon host Mark Summers was brought in as a substitute MC for the episode. Lee took the place of Lynn Thigpen that day and played the role of the chief. During one question, Gene Wilder made a walk-on appearance. This didn't make sense. Mark Summers had stated in several interviews that he was witness to a contestant's broken bone on the set of his own show, Double Dare. Was he the only game show host that tended to two compound fractures on television, let alone one of them occurring on the only episode of the show he hosted? Why would Gene Wilder have been there? What was he promoting? His NBC sitcom Something Wilder wouldn't happen for another two years, and his last big screen role at that point had been opposite an ailing Richard Pryor in the financially and critically unsuccessful 1991 film Another You. Why was Greg Lee given another on-screen speaking role that day if he had no voice? Where was Lynn Thigpen? Nothing was adding up. The last discussion I could find online regarding anything resembling a serious inquiry into Auld Lang Gone was a thread on the Game Show Forum message board from back in 2009. The results of that exploration provided nothing that the trivia section of IMDb hadn't already told me. Perhaps I could use my journalism school experience and put some legwork into finding this tape once and for all. Holy shit, that would be cool. I set to work at once. This is PBS. In my mind, one of the enduring images of Carmen Sandiego was the animated globe that appeared at the top of each episode, accompanied by the chief's announcement. Today's caper is presented by WQED Pittsburgh and WGBH Boston. The show was a joint production spearheaded in tandem by the two PBS stations. Meeting somewhere in the middle and producing the show's five seasons at various television facilities around New York City. Pittsburgh is only a few hours' drive away from me. Let's start there. A search for WQED Archive yielded a page containing contact info for Paul Byers, Executive Chief of Engineering and 50-year veteran of QED. I sent Paul an email. Good morning. I'm the news director for buzzerblog.com, a website dedicated to game shows and other unscripted television, 
and I'm hoping you may be the right person to contact. I'm currently working on a piece about examples of lost media in game shows, and I was informed of an episode of the 90s children's game show Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego that, for several reasons, was left unaired. How would I get in touch with whoever maintains WQED's video archive so that I may inquire about this particular episode? Any information appreciated. Thank you. Stay safe. Christian Carrion, News Editor, Buzzer Blog. The following Monday, I received a reply. Christian, we have the Carmen tapes in our archive, so if you tell me the episode number that you're looking for, I'll dig it out. Paul. There was... There was no way it could be that easy. Maybe once I tell him what episode it is, he'll shriek and his face will melt away like that part in Indiana Jones. This would or should have been season two, episode 66. Intended air date was 10-12-92, but it was replaced with a rerun of season two, episode one. Thank you so much, Christian. I hit send and tried to go about my day in as normal a fashion as I could. In the back of my mind, however, I was fixated. Could this be the end to a years-long rumor? Was I going to be the one to unearth a holy grail of the game show world? Can I get a day off of work to drive to Pittsburgh? I was always told that the first step to success is to envision yourself enjoying the success you want. As clear as day, I could envision my trip to WQED. Being led through the archive to a dusty monitor and a tape deck, the man in charge of the archive, who may or may not have a mustache, would hand me a pair of headphones, smile warmly, and say, Welcome, Welcome, friend. Then I would watch a child break her arm. I was driving to the supermarket in the next town when my email notification sound went off. I pulled over and saw a new message on my phone with the subject regarding archival question. Christian, I have the episode. Paul. The camera zooms in on me. So we get some high proof alcohol. We get gasoline. Anything that says What makes our lives worth living is our mortality. If there were not mortality, we wouldn't be passionate. Luckily for me, most of the beauty pageants that I've um, participated in don't. I've done my fair share of blood, man. I've always liked showing myself off naked. Got up out of the seat, walked to me, and then slapped me. Spontaneous conversation with people from around the world on Stranger Than Christian. Available on your favorite podcast app and at strangerthanchristian.com. Part 2. The Loot, The Warrant That's excellent news. I tried to underplay my excitement, my intrigue, and my pure unadulterated joy as much as possible. Almost three decades after the fact, and after years and years of only gleaning hints of its existence through brief archaic message board posts and crudely formatted fandom wiki articles, I was about to watch no, experience, all lying gone, the lost episode of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. Paul Byers, the executive director of engineering at WQED in Pittsburgh, was kind and helpful enough to pull the tape from the station's archive with alarming ease. I was now entered into dialogue with Paul and WQED's attorney, who assists with rights clearance. I had the loot. Now, I needed the warrant.
Paul asked in an email to me with the attorney CC'd. There are always rights issues with these shows, so what is it that you want to do with the show? I laid out my intentions as clearly, unambiguously, and professionally as I could, fearing that I might accidentally sound too greedy and, consequentially, get the rug pulled out from under me. My goal is to write up a synopsis slash description of the episode as part of a series on buzzerblog.com discussing instances of lost media in game shows. Ideally, my write-up would incorporate three to four screen grabs of the episode, the title card, production slate, etc. So to that end, a digital copy of the episode would be greatly appreciated if possible. What I will not do is share, post, or publish the video in any way other than the aforementioned screen grabs to be used within my written article. I would be willing to agree to delete the file once my research is complete if that is appropriate. I am, of course, open to discussion regarding these points. I am greatly appreciative of your help. Christian. I hit send. My mind was racing. I was so anxious to know what exactly I would be looking at. From what I've learned of the episode thus far, it was essentially a reel of unedited footage. The episode supposedly started like any other. The camera panned the audience of cheering kids, Rockapella sang while the chief, this time played by regular host Greg Lee, introduced the contestants and substitute host Mark Summers, and the game got underway. But this was the part where things apparently began to go awry. IMDB says that in the course of the game, Rockapella member Sean Altman ripped the sleeve on Greg's jacket. It's not clear whether this was accidental or deliberate. The Plastic Diver Guy sketch, a recurring bit that began in Season 2 and involved a small scuba diver figure who lived in the fish tank at the Acme CrimeNet office, went off the rails after the glass tank cracked. And of course, the final straw in this seemingly cursed production day, the fall of Jasmine Doman, winning contestant who broke her arm as she tumbled onto the map of Europe, leaving runner-up Edman to complete the bonus round in her stead, with 13 seconds remaining. This footage was going to be insane. I was almost nervous to watch it. How gruesome was Jasmine's injury? Was I going to see a teenager screaming and writhing in pain? Bone protruding from her skin, tears streaming from her eyes, blood spurting out and staining the set of a kid's game show? What did the audience do? Did they gasp, scream, recoil in horror? Did the director keep the cameras rolling? Did he have a camera operator zoom in on the action? Did he fade to black? Did Mark bolt from the studio to avoid seeing the grisly aftermath the way he did when a contestant suffered a compound fracture during the obstacle course on Double Dare? Would I ever be able to look at where in the world is Carmen Sandiego the same way again? In an email later that afternoon, Paul answered all of my questions and eased all of my concerns in one fell swoop. Christian, I'm sorry to tell you that when I got to the office today and pulled the tape from the shelf, it was Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, Season 2, Episode 66. I was crestfallen. Gutted. At the same time, given the speed and seemingly low degree of difficulty involved in tending to my request, I had a feeling in the back of my mind that it was too good to be true. I suppose it was pleasing to know that the tapes for Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, 
The replacement for World that aired from 1996 to 1998 are still in good hands. Power up the engines! Now get going! We're on the case and we're chasing her through history. Chrono Skinner, engines hot. Bio Village, evil plot, our brave squadron leader will help us defeat her and bring back the there was nothing inherently wrong with the Where in Time series. The late Lynn Thigpen reprised her role as the chief, and the production had a layer of late 90s computer age chrome to it. The show took place in a futuristic time machine called the Chrono Skimmer, and data boosts and PowerPoints abounded. However, to a Carmen San Diego purist, the omissions, most notably getting rid of Rockapella and replacing Greg Lee with host Kevin Shinnick, who would go on to win an Emmy for his stop-motion work on the Adult Swim series Robot Chicken, were deal-breakers, too different from the classic formula that had succeeded for five seasons. Pleasing to know, but far from what I was looking for. Uh, thinking back on it, I am fairly certain that we sent all of the world tapes back to WGBH. Carmen Sandiego had fled to Boston, Massachusetts. Okay, guys, now it's time for you to go to Boston, but I want you to know... We do not send our agents out into the field unprepared. Chief, how about a briefing? Here's the scoop on Boston, Massachusetts' capital and largest city, settled 1630, site of the Boston Tea Party, 1773. Leading educational center, around 50 colleges and universities. I'm still getting used to Twitter. I joined back in 2009 when I started college so that I could keep up with what I thought was the important stuff going on in the world, like what was being served for lunch in the student center or when the free Plain White Tees concert was starting. Otherwise, the system of retweeting, following, and replying never grabbed me the way other social media did. I host a podcast called Stranger Than Christian that's been going strong for the past few months, and to that end, I've gotten around to using Twitter at Stranger Than C to engage with listeners as well as communicate with potential guests and fellow podcasters. Twitter would prove itself to be an invaluable resource as I continued my journey into the mystery of Auld Lang Gone. Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego was co-produced for PBS stations by WQED in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and GBH in Boston. GBH in particular has become known to generations of film researchers and students for its media library and archive, a behemoth undertaking containing thousands upon thousands of hours of video. TV Channel 2 Boston is a non-profit, non-commercial educational television station dedicated to community service. GBH's immense collection spans their history in television, from the station's 1951 inaugural broadcast to footage from the present day. This is a production of WGBH2 Boston. Research is open to the public by appointment in their offices in Brighton, a neighborhood of Boston located in the northwestern corner of the city. Surely this was the place I needed. A search for GBH Archive brought me to the official page for the Archive Project, perhaps because I didn't immediately see an option to contact the staff by email, or perhaps because I was impatient to solve this mystery. I reasoned that Twitter would be the fastest and most efficient way of making contact with someone, preferably an archivist, who could help me find the footage I was seeking. Within minutes, I received a reply via direct message from Ms. Casey Davis Kaufman. 
inviting me to email her personally so that she could be of assistance. I sent an email explaining what I was doing and what I was looking for, and included, I've recently been in touch with Paul Byers, Director of Engineering at WQED in Pittsburgh, and Paul was kind and helpful enough to pull the tape from the archive until he realized it was the wrong series. He then informed me that he is fairly certain that the tapes for the original Carmen Sandiego series were sent back to WGBH. I hit send. While I waited, I told my wife, Kat, that I may need to drive to Boston at some point in the very near future. Why? Kat said, furrowing her brow as she struggled to catch a hammerhead shark in Animal Crossing. Well, I'm writing this thing about this lost episode of this old show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, and I already talked to somebody at the PBS station in Pittsburgh, but they don't have the tape I'm looking for. But the guy said that the tapes are probably at the archive in Boston, so I tweeted to the archivist in Boston, and I'm waiting for them to tell me they have it. But the show was produced by the stations in Pittsburgh and Boston, so if Pittsburgh doesn't have it, then Boston has to have it. But I'll probably have to go watch it in person, because research is open to the public by appointment in their offices in Brighton, a neighborhood of Boston located in the northwestern corner of the city. Cool. Did you pick up your prescriptions yet? An hour later, I received a reply. Hello, Christian. Thank you for your interest in historic GBH programs. The episode in question, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego 266, Auld Lang Gone, never aired and we do not hold a copy of this footage in our archive. We do hold paper documentation related to this season, but it has not yet been determined if the episode is included in this documentation. It could also be possible that WQED mistakenly searched their archive for where in time is Carmen Sandiego instead of where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. However, the media in question could have been sent back to us and recorded over, or not saved at all. Recorded over? Not saved at all? From what I know about television production, an episode of any series, whether it's a game show, soap opera, local news broadcast, represents an enormous financial investment. Between the time spent in the studio, the number of cast and crew members on the show's payroll, in Carmen Sandiego's case, it was about 150 people, the time spent in post-production, music rights clearance, the price of tape stock, and what I'm sure is at least a dozen other expenses I'm not aware of. The cost of making a half hour of television could easily reach into the tens of thousands, if not much more. It didn't make sense to me that the tape and by extension, all of that money would just be trashed. Besides, a kid was hurt on this show. Wouldn't Jasmine's parents have wanted to see it? At the very least, wouldn't the Doman's family attorney or PBS's legal team had some interest in holding on to that footage? I felt lost. And as in many other moments in life when I felt hopelessly lost, I reached out to a friend. I reached out to Bob Bowden. And remember, players, in this game, there is one daily double hidden somewhere on that board. How many? One. Where? On that board. What? A daily double. Right. Okay, who won the toss of the coin? Ray, you won the toss of the coin backstage. You've got the right to select the first category. If there was ever a true friend to game shows, Bob TV Bob Bowden is the one. 
A native New Yorker, UCLA graduate, and fellow game show expert, Bob parlayed his lifelong love of the television game show into a career during which he supervised and helped develop shows like Family Game Night, Russian Roulette, To Tell the Truth, Cram, Lingo, Friend or Foe, Scrabble Showdown, Don't Forget the Lyrics, Whammy, The All-New Press Your Luck, Family Feud, and Funny You Should Ask. Bob was the co-creator of the Fox Big Money quiz game Greed, as well as the executive producer of GSN's Emmy-nominated The Chase, on which he was kind enough to cast me as a contestant in 2013. He's currently the executive vice president of production and development for Byron Allen's company Entertainment Studios. Bob has also been a friend to Buzzerblog for about as long as Buzzerblog has been around. He's been supportive of all of our various endeavors, and cheerfully so. Bob even helped us develop an original game show format and optioned it from us through his independent production company. It's a good story. I'll tell you sometime. I emailed Bob. Hey Bob, hope you and your family are well. Curious to know how much involvement, if any, did you have in the production, planning, etc. of the original Carmen Sandiego series back in the 90s? I'm working on a piece about lost media for Buzzerblog, and one particular episode of this series with a contestant injury has been mentioned to me many times. Interested to know if you could provide some insight. Hope to hear from you soon. Christian. Within the hour, Bob replied. Hey, Christian. Nice to hear from you. All good by me. I hope you too. I had nothing to do with where in the world is Carmen Sandiego, but I'm good friends with Howard Blumenthal, who created and produced it. If you don't know him, I'm happy to make the connection for you. No need to involve Jim McKay or Gene Rayburn. Let me know. Stay safe. Bob. With heartfelt gratitude for his beautifully obscure game show pun, I said, That would be wonderful. I'd be very appreciative of that, Bob. Thank you so much. Bob emailed me back, again within the hour, but this time with a new email address included. Gentlemen, say a virtual hello. Howard, Christian is a game show expert and enthusiast, and one of the principals of my go-to site for game show information, Buzzerblog. Christian, Howard is a longtime friend who happens to have created and produced Carmen Sandiego, so there is nobody better to handle your inquiry. I know that the two of you will hit it off, and I now pass this off to you. The camera zooms in on me. So we get out. some high proof alcohol. We get gasoline. Anything that says what funny. makes our lives worth living is our mortality. If there were not mortality, we wouldn't be. Luckily for me, most of the beauty pageants that I've um, participated in don't. I've know. done my fair share of blood. Man. I've always liked showing myself off naked. Got up out of the seat, walked to me, and then slapped me. Spontaneous conversation with people from around the world on Stranger Than Christian, available on your favorite podcast app and at StrangerThanChristian.com. Part 3. Hope that answers your question. For a variety of reasons, my family was very late to the game in terms of owning a computer. The idea of the internet flowing through my home was a wonder to me. 
albeit a wonder I wouldn't know for the lion's share of my childhood. The only game shows I knew were the ones that were shown on GSN, or the first-run stuff I got to watch with my dad while I was home over the summer. Many hazy summer afternoons were spent watching Michael Berger's match game on the wicker couch and drinking Crystal Light Lemonade. It was the 90s. It was fun. Growing up, libraries held great significance for me. I've always adored reading. As a toddler, my dad taught me about words and letters using Scrabble tiles, and my mom would take me for walks and point to things as we saw them on the street so that I could verbalize what they were. The introduction of internet terminals at my public library was a game changer. I had always heard that there was something on the internet for everyone. I had hoped that included me. The first words I ever searched for on the internet, on Yahoo to be specific, were game shows. Plugging those words into a search engine was like opening a floodgate and being subsequently inundated with wave after wave of pure information. From Hollywood, the game of puzzles and Can you identify this personality? Do you know who it is? Thousands of dollars on football. Curtain time for the show off. Today on Split Second. And now the host. You can follow the clue as we'll start on the road to thousands of dollars in cash. Homespun websites with grainy real video clips of old game show intros, sound effect wave files, episode guides, low res screen grabs taken with a snappy replaced most of my media diet. I watched and listened and read and read and read and read and read. Mike Klaus, Chris Lane, Chuck Donegan, Jay Lewis, Brad Francini, John Ricci, Steve Beverly, Kurt King, Randy Amazia. In my infinitesimal pocket of the universe, these guys, the guys who ran the sites, uploaded the videos, wrote the episode guides, took the screen grabs, were my favorite authors, my rock stars. The library sold floppy disks for 50 cents each, and so I amassed a backpack full of data. I saved Mike Klaus's entire logo library from TVGameShows.com. John Ricci's DOS games each had their own disc. I archived sound effects from shows I had never seen because how else would I ever experience this media otherwise? I had ascended from being a kid who loved game shows to being a kid who lived game shows. As I got slightly older, however, I realized that in my offline life, this narrow, esoteric interest I maintained was not easily shareable. I knew exactly zero people in real life who liked what I liked, let alone people who liked it with the same intensity as I did. To virtually everyone else around me, game shows were stupid, silly, not worthy of thought. Any attempts to share my passion with my classmates was met with a blank stare and occasionally a Shut up, Christian. Once in high school, I had reached my time limit on one of the computers. The librarian, a tall woman who I would guess was about my mother's age, walked up to my desk and informed me that the library was closing. As I gathered my notebooks and hastily began to pack up, the librarian barked. What is this? I froze. She snatched the mouse from in front of me and scrolled through my browser window. I was reading a Wheel of Fortune episode guide. 
You are so frustrating, she said to me as she threw the mouse back down onto the desk in front of me with a loud clack and turned away in a huff. In retrospect, I attribute my persistence in sharing my love of game shows to that wholesomely naive, piss-and-vinegar spirit that young kids have when they really love something and want to be cool and share it with everyone around them. Anyone my age who carried a binder of Pokemon cards everywhere they went can hopefully relate. I'm happy to have maintained that spirit in myself into adulthood when my friends and I think it's cool to have narrow interests. That being said, if I was going to solve the mystery of the lost 66th episode of season 2 of the PBS series Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego once and for all, it was going to happen now. I emailed Howard Blumenthal. Good afternoon, Howard. Before anything else, I need to let you know how important and beneficial Carmen Sandiego was for me as a child. Growing up in a swirling world of lights and bells and buzzers, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego still stands out as one of my favorites. Thank you to you and your staff through the years for creating and producing such a wonderful show. As our buddy Bob mentioned, I'm the news editor for buzzerblog.com, a website dedicated to game shows and other unscripted television. I'm currently working on a piece about examples of lost media in game shows, and I was informed of an episode of Carmen which, for several reasons, one of them apparently being a contestant injury, was left unaired. I've recently been in touch with Paul Byers, former Carmen post-production editor and current director of engineering at WQED in Pittsburgh, and Paul was kind and helpful enough to pull the tape from the archive until he realized it was the wrong series. He then informed me that he's fairly certain that the tapes for the original Carmen Sandiego series were sent back to Boston. I've also been working with the archivist at GBH, but they recently informed me that the episode is sadly not part of their archive. The episode in question is Season 2, Episode 66 of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Episode title, All Lying Gone. The intended air date was October 12, 1992, but it was apparently replaced on the PBS schedule that day by a rerun of Season 2, Episode 1. I'm looking to confirm existence of this particular footage, as well as gain insight into that day of taping with the help of any and all involved parties. Any information on your part would be appreciated. I'm more than happy to chat with you by email or phone, whichever you prefer. Thank you. Stay safe. Christian Carrion, News Editor, BuzzerBlog.com Howard Blumenthal is the creator of the Carmen television series, in addition to serving as its executive producer from 1990 to 1994. To simply refer to him as the guy who made Carmen Sandiego, though, would be like calling Barack Obama a community organizer. Howard has had a hand in just about every important form of media for the past 50 years. The son of concentration producer and rebus artist Norm Blumenthal, Howard started out as a researcher on game shows filmed during the golden years of the genre in New York City, including The Big Showdown and The Money Maze. He developed the pilot for what would eventually become MTV, as well as some of television's first interactive content for Warner Cable's experimental cube system in the late 1970s. If you've seen the obscure Bill Cullen-hosted How Do You Like Your Eggs, you have Howard to thank for that? As head of marketing for Warner Audio Publishing in the 1980s, Howard was instrumental in raising the profile of the audiobook cassette, a then-new medium whose popularity went hand-in-hand -hand with the proliferation of portable music players. 
He was noted for his ability to adapt to a dynamic, ever-changing media landscape. As such, companies like HarperCollins, Parker Brothers, Atari, and Merriam-Webster enlisted his talents as CDs began to replace cassettes, the PC began to replace the family encyclopedia, and the internet began to replace almost everything else. He's the author of dozens of books, as well as hundreds of newspaper columns and magazine articles. And there was an email from him in my inbox. Thanks for the kind words. I think you're looking at a clerical error. We made 65 episodes in season one and 65 in season two, so there would not be an episode 66 in either season. Did we produce one episode that never aired? I don't think we did, but we did complete the annual commitment for every season, so it's possible we produced one additional episode to replace Old Lang Gone? A replacement episode? Would they have just recycled the tape from the doomed episode and recorded over it? Was the archivist at GBH correct after all? It still didn't make sense to me. However, as has been evident throughout this research journey, stranger things have happened. I asked Howard, would it be possible that the tape stock was reused or recorded over to create a replacement episode? It seems expensive to just write off an entire taping session's worth of work. Also, was Gene Wilder somehow involved in this episode? I've seen a couple of references to him having made an appearance. His reply? Gene Wilder? Unlikely. Possible. Um, we worked with a lot of celebrities, nearly all in the same way, reading or performing a clue. Erasure is very unlikely. Every episode was a big investment. At the same time I received this email, I got another notification. This one was from Mark Summers. Number two over there on the blue side. They just need one more. Yes, they did it. The blue team. You can stop right there. The blue team did it. Let's move it's family double dare. Mark was the alleged substitute host of the lost episode of Carmen. We share a close personal mutual friend. I also had the pleasure of traveling to Maryland and covering the premiere of a documentary featuring Mark for a feature on Buzzerblog a couple of years ago. I had forgotten he was one of the first people I had reached out to when I initially decided to pursue this story. Greetings. Hey, hope you're well. You know, the show doesn't really exist. I was a guest once for the first few minutes of the program until Greg kindly asked me to leave. It was all set up in advance, of course. So I hope that answers your question. Be well, Mark. I had received a lot of information in the span of about 15 minutes. In addition to everything else I was working with, it was a lot to process. The producer of the show, who ostensibly would have been there, has no recollection of what would seemingly be a pretty noteworthy incident. The guy who everyone said was the host that day, who ostensibly would have been there, said in no uncertain terms that the episode does not exist. GBH, which co-produced the show, has no record of it. WQED, which also co-produced the show, has no record of it. When I started this project, I scoured the internet for every inkling of the Auld Langone rumor I possibly could. I took a second and looked back at that initial research. 
The existence of this episode is mentioned as fact on the Wikipedia page for Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego, the Lost Media Archive, the Carmen Sandiego Fandom Wiki, and the Game Show's Fandom Wiki, among many other user-created and publicly editable websites. Mental Floss and Screen Rant both mentioned Auld Lang On as a fun fact on their respective lists of things you didn't know about Carmen Sandiego. These references are not sourced, which leads me to believe one of the aforementioned wikis may have been the origin of that information. Curiously, I was also able to find a section on Wikiquote, again, editable by anyone, and again, no source, dedicated to the Carmen Sandiego series, with a subpage for Auld Lang Gone containing this, um, quote from the episode. Uh-oh, stop the clock! Stop the clock! Somebody get a doctor! Oh, dear. Um, she broke her arm. Oh, no! Can we end this episode, like, now? Dana, we have to. We can't continue like this. We, the audience has to leave the studio. I'm sorry, everybody, but you're going to have to get out of here. Unless... Ed Man, to the map! Hey, Ed, do you want to take Jasmine's place on the map? Of course, why? She broke her arm. You'll win the trip to what Jasmine has wrote down for you. Does that sound good to you? Yeah! For the first time since I began work on this Carmen Sandiego project, I thought to myself, this is ridiculous. First of all, that quote is nothing more than bad fanfiction. Secondly, at this point in my research, I was confident I had talked to anyone and everyone within reach who had had anything whatsoever to do with the episode's pre-planning, production, stop-down, editing, archival, broadcast, and I've more or less been met with a unanimous, nope, it ain't real. Thirdly, in everything I've read about the episode throughout the internet, not once that I run into a solid source that wasn't a rabid, anonymous fan regurgitating a now seemingly baseless rumor. In the rush of pop culture nostalgia we've all been subject to over the past decade, we've heard from host Greg Lee, director Dana Calderwood, and Rockapella member Sean Altman in various interviews. But has no one sought out Jasmine Doman and Ed Mann, the injured contestant and her replacement? Where do those names even come from? Searching for them on Facebook yields no results that look like the people in question would have been 12 to 14 years old in 1992. As far as I can tell, the incident has never been mentioned in any official history of the show, nor any interviews done by Greg Lee, Rockapella, or any other cast or crew members. And another thing, how important is a bonus round really? In a situation where a child is gruesomely injured, wouldn't the first step be calling an ambulance and ensuring the child's well-being? Wouldn't you then wait for the ambulance to arrive, maybe even load out the horrified adolescent audience and temporarily dismiss the non-essential crew? After all was said and done, after the contestant was whisked through midday New York City traffic to the nearest hospital, the set cleaned up, the audience and contestants calmed down, the proper production staff and building staff members notified, perhaps even a new tape date arranged. Was anyone really so concerned with completing the map of Europe that they said, nope, we need a winner. Ed, get out there. Carmen's in Liechtenstein. I had reached the end. After over 80 hours of research, interviews, fact-finding, and wading through the murky depths of the internet, I was ready to come to an educated, informed conclusion. All Lang Gone never happened. This fact is confirmed by Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego creator and executive producer Howard Blumenthal. 
Mark Summers, who was rumored to have served as substitute host for the episode in question, and the archivists at GBH and WQED, the PBS stations in Boston, Massachusetts, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, who co-produced the original Carmen Sandiego series and are in possession of every master tape, as well as paper records of the show's 295 episodes. As pleased as I was to have put an end to a baseless rumor that had somehow been inflated to factual proportions as it was tossed about on its journey through cyberspace, and as much as I felt like I was doing my part as a responsible internet user by stamping out misinformation, I couldn't help but feel a little disappointed. I wanted the episode to be real. I wanted to share that title card with you the production slate, the write-up. I envisioned that success so vividly. Maybe I wasted my time. Maybe Howard was right in the first place. Maybe there are more interesting topics than one unscheduled episode. Maybe it is, after all, an odd area for focused energy. But the last email I received from Howard, as simple and understated as it was, made me look back on my journey differently, with optimism and pride for my infinitesimal pocket of the universe. It's kind of great that people care as much as they do. You did it. You captured Carmen San Diego, and you know what that means. You get the official Carmen San Diego sleuth jacket. Congratulations! And now there's one more thing we need you to do. You know what it is. Do it, Rockefeller! Well, she sneaks around the world from Kiev to Carolina. She's a sticky fingered filcher from Berlin down to Belize. She'll take you for a ride on a love boat to China. Tell me where in the world. San Diego. Still a soul in South Korea, make an autograph for an uncle. From the Red Sea to Greenman, they'll be singing the blues. Now we never harken, saw her steal the Mekong from the jungle. Tell me Well, she'll ransack Pakistan and run a scam in Scandinavia. Then she'll stick them up down under and go pick pocket birth. She put the miss in misdemeanor when she stole the beans from Lima. Tell me where in the world are you? San Diego. Oh, tell me where in the world. Oh, tell me where can she be? Ooh, Botswana to Thailand, Milan, Rio, Amsterdam. 
Yeah, she glides around the globe and she'll flim flam every nation. She's a double dealing diva with a taste for thievery. Her itinerary's loaded up with moving violations. Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Tell me where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Tell me. So many people to thank for making this project a reality. First of all, Corey, Bob, Alex at Buster Blog for maintaining that platform that we can use to put these stories out there. Thank you so much for all the work that you do to maintain Buzzer Blog and to engage with the readers. I am always in awe of everything you guys do. Tom and Mike, tell them what they've won. Tell them what they've won.com, weekly game show podcast. That's where I had the conversation that sparked the idea to create this series of articles. So thank you to Tom and Mike for having that platform as well. My wife, Kat, for being patient with me while I wandered the house with my laptop editing a Carmen Sandiego documentary when I should have been probably cleaning the litter box at some point. Thank you so much. I love you. Everybody at WQED in Pittsburgh, GBH in Boston, Casey, Emily, Paul, all the archive is up in Boston. Thank you so much. Bob Bowden, Howard Blumenthal, Mark Summers, Greg Lee, Rockapella. I don't know what I did in my life that I'm able to connect with these people and have them give me the time of day, but your participation is what gave this project legitimacy. You were the icing on the cake. Thank you so much for helping me out and recording yourself and 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 being part of this. All the Buzzer Blog readers who gave me their voices to be part of this, I hope you enjoyed the project. Thank you so much for your help as well. And everyone who read the article series last year, I can't believe how much this took off. I am amazed. Um, I really hope you enjoyed this project as much as I enjoyed putting it together. Next one soon, hopefully. Goodbye. I gotta go try my jacket on now. <laughs> I got that sleuth jacket, man. The preceding presentation of Old Lang Gone, The Lost Carmen San Diego, was brought to you by buzzerblog.com. For the latest news and reviews, visit Buzzerblog, the number one game show website in the world. And now, there's one more thing we need to do. You know what it is. Do, do it, it Rockapella! Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Greg, you gotta realize the power of that phrase. Do you know I have... There was one woman who was providing a voice for me for this thing. Yeah. And I told her that I was planning on ending it with the Do It Rockapella. And I had everybody 
who gave me a voice for this say do it rockapella and i put them all together in a crowd yeah. you know yeah and she was almost in tears thinking Aww. about the possibility that she's going to be able to say this Aww. she grew up watching the show she became a librarian because she loves knowledge you know what i mean and and Aww. this was like a huge part of her life that's so sweet you know i gotta tell you man at the time i didn't realize it it's, as the years have progressed i've it slowly started to dawn on me you know and you know I know I was never the star of that show. There was it was Lynn and then Rockapella and then Carmen and then the map and then the kids and then maybe me. But I mean, just to be a part of it to do your little thing, you know. I don't think we really had any idea. I don't think we had any idea at the time at, at what that is. But it's well, it's I've thrilling, spoken, it's thrilling yeah. and an honor to be able to think that that means so much to people. It really does. I've spoken to a few people who who work on game shows, who have worked on game shows in the past, and yeah, it, you know, a lot of the time lines like that aren't really planned. You know, there'll be a production <laughs> meeting and they'll say, "Okay, well, we got to say something at the end. What should we <laughs> That's say?" What it was. That's you what know, it was. right, yeah. right, and you know, little things like that that just happen uh -huh. as a result of little production meetings take on this significance. And mm -hmm. again, just the idea that the show captured the imagination of at least one person mm -hmm. so so tightly grabbed his imagination or her mm -hmm. imagination that they spun this entire story about an episode that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, there aren't many shows that have that, that have that potential. Well, that's very sweet of you to say, man. And I appreciate you saying that. And it, it, uh, it just humbles me more. I mean, I'm just thrilled, thrilled about it. I remember when Cecilia came up with that, we were all trying different stuff. You know, we were trying to hit it. We were trying to take it. We were trying all that stuff. And I think Cecilia, she was very young. She was one of our youngest uh, people that worked on that show and uh, she just kind of whispered it to me once on the on the side she said you know she was very shy sort of at that time she was a kid she was like 19 20 years old and right. she said uh well what about do it rockabella i said well i think that sounds pretty good hey howard what do you think about this so I yeah mean, yeah i remember the girl that came up with that it, yeah it was just seemed right then you know we tried 22 other things that were not right 